Hello, <laughs> this is Nicholas. And this is Kalpesh. Hey guys, welcome to Ayurveda Digested, where we take this seemingly mysterious, mystical, ancient art and make it accessible, relatable, and approachable to anyone interested in exploring alternative ways for health, medicine, and quality of life. Let's break it down. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Nicholas here. And it's Calfish over here. All right, friends. So it's been two weeks since our last podcast. And you know what? Tonight, today, wherever you're hearing this from, and maybe even past it, it's the full moon. So we're going to celebrate Soma coming into its full bloom. If you don't know what Soma is, we'll talk about that in later episodes. But it has to do with moon and kapha energy. Anyway, um, how have you been the last two weeks, Kalpesh? Well, on the back of moving houses, um, packing, unpacking, it's been quite a journey. However, the actual, um, the actual thing that I wanted out of my manifestation did come true. So it's, uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. It's a journey. Heck yeah, man. I have also been a manifesting machine in some unexpected ways as well as uh, expected ways. So anyway, um, this is a brand new podcast. And so we're just going to reintroduce ourselves really quickly and then kind of restate what the goals of this podcast are and then get into the topic for today, my friends. So um, I'm Nicholas and I live in Greensboro, North Carolina, and I am a personal trainer, certified personal trainer, as well as a yoga instructor. Um, I have lots and lots of letters after my name, including a master of science, which is in entomology. So I'm a master of bugs, um, as well as people, apparently. So we'll see. <laughs> but anyway, um, what I actually do is I really work with people to help them get to know their bodies better often through movement, but not always uh, to help them achieve goals or move through barriers that they have in their life. Um, it's something I'm very passionate about. It's not what I ever expected for my life, but I truly, truly know that beyond a passion, it's what I'm called to do. It's a gift that I get to share with the world. So what do you do again, Kalpesh? I know, but our listeners know. <laughs> I'm a physiotherapist over here in London in the UK. And my job is to help people improve their quality of life through reducing and improving their pain and restoring their function. And one of the ways I do that is by also integrating a holistic approach to their life through learning courses such as Ayurveda and energy healing to actually improve their overall quality physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So it's all a, it's all a big learning curve, not only for myself, but also for clients as well. So here we are learning in uh, Ayurveda as well as creating the podcast we're all learning as well heck yeah I mean honestly what you just said and what I just said is what we bonded over on the first day that we met at uh the Marma intensive in Asheville North Carolina with Dr. Lod um if you had listened to the last episode uh when I met Kalpesh and he said he was from London I was like no way you traveled all the way over here for this and I was like I get it <laughs> but I had only driven two and a half hours so you know maybe I was Maybe I was a, a little bit of a punk, <laughs> but uh, we had a great time. We were instant brothers and here we are today. So um, super exciting. I was looking at uh, the podcast uh, viewership and audience, and I wanted to say thank you to everybody who listened to us 
in the last uh, two weeks. Uh, our numbers are up over 40 something plays, which is really cool since we really just had this idea on a whim and started producing it. But we had people in the UK, so I'm assuming that might have been you, Kalpesh. Uh, but you, just to get the numbers up, I had to. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also had people in Trinidad, Slovakia, Switzerland, and of course, the greater uh, viewership was in the United States. But thank you to one and all who started listening. If you're new listening in the future, welcome. Um, <laughs> I can almost feel you. It's so cool knowing that um, we're making something that will have an impact extending beyond our years. Um, so um, Kalpesh and I had the idea to do this podcast in addition to books that he and I, and I are interested in writing about Ayurveda. And uh, we came up with the name one morning when we were having a, a meeting, Ayurveda Digested. You want to briefly riff on, you know, why we thought it was such a great name to uh, to name our podcast? Yeah, it's for that brainstorming session we had about trying to work out what name to come up with. And Ayurveda Digested took us, what, about half an hour? And yeah. we thought, yeah, this is, this is the one. So Ayurveda itself, it seems like a very difficult and mystical and uh, challenging system to understand but in reality the, the reason we do these podcasts is to actually make the information digestible for people so it's easy to understand and a big the kind of centerpiece of Ayurveda is also about our digestion it's about understanding our metabolic fire how to keep it running and how when we lose that kind of metabolic fire it causes a lot of problems in our bodies and that's something we'll delve, delve deeper into as we go further into these series of podcasts so it kind of works both ways a very clever name that we came up with i know we did it was like oh my gosh somebody has to have come up with this before right and then we looked and nobody had and we were like yes so we have the url we have the podcast and uh you know kapesh is right ayurveda one of the biggest centerpieces is Agni, which is the digestive fire, but it, it's your vitality. It's, it's more than that. It's this um, luminescence that emanates from within you, right? It's this inner flame of awareness that um, interacts with the world. And uh, so it's really exciting to, to do this. And then another line that we often hear in Ayurveda is, you are not what you eat, you are what you digest. And so... We don't want to be toxins. We want to be the good stuff. Exactly. Right. And even Dr. Lodd says with poor digestion, you could eat the best food in the world and it'll poison you. And if you have the best digestion in the world, you could eat poison and you'd be fine. So yeah. this is actually a quotation misquoted right now out of the <laughs> great, the great text. So don't worry, friends, when you'll know when I'm quoting <laughs> Charaka and Vagbata and <laughs> Shushruta. I, so I actually said Sanskrit on top of everything else, um, but I still choke on some of the words. <laughs> yeah, those words may, may sound like alien to a lot of you, but don't worry, we'll go into that further as we carry on these podcasts. They are famous authors that wrote some of the ancient texts based on Ayurveda, and we will certainly be talking more about those. Yes. Oh, man. So... Um, to bring us back, um, just to give you an idea, so we're going to be posting our podcasts um, on the new moons and the full moons, and then also on special occasions like a blue moon, which also is a, 
<laughs> so we're gonna have a special episode coming up on the 30th of August uh, for those of you who will be keeping track. Those of you, again, who are listening in the future, you may catch it after it's already been posted and whatnot. So stay tuned. We have a very special episode coming up for you. And then also, I haven't pitched this to Cal Pesh yet, but uh, <laughs> the Equinox is in September. And so we might be doing an Equinox episode because that has to do with <laughs> the amount of daylight we are. You should see the face he's making because I feel like sometimes I pitch things and I'm I stress out. It's like, okay, let's digest this. <laughs> I'm the idea guy. <laughs> so anyway, friends, um, you know, you know, be on the lookout every two-ish weeks for new episodes. And uh, our goal is to bring you quality, relevant content. But you know what would be awesome is if you have specific topics that you want to talk about, reach out to us. Um, and we would love to do that. You can leave comments after the episode um, directly on the, the podcast. So that would be cool too, if you want to let us know. Um, actually, I'll make that our question after today is, what do you want to hear from us? So um, our feedback, our feedback is vital that you give us so we can actually refine the quality of what we provide. Because it's about providing for all our listeners so we can continually work on giving the best content. So those comments are massively welcome. Mm -hmm. Kalpesh and I are very much committed to using our gifts of knowledge to educate the world. And so what do you want to know about? Let us know and we'll we'll bring it to you, right? We don't want to just sit up here and talk, although we do have fun when we talk. <laughs> and today is the full moon. That's exciting. And the it full is moon exciting. Say again? Said it is exciting. So it's yeah, what does so it represent? So, so it represents a lot of things and it really depends on the modality that you're talking about. You know, if we're talking from Hinduism versus, you know, Native American versus other things, although it is auspicious across most, you know, groups through time as far as what it is. So in Ayurveda or Sanskrit, we would call it Chandra. So um, there is a god who is named Chandra, but also that is the moon itself. So it is bringing certain energies into the planet, right? As well as affecting the tides and it has a magnetic resonance, right? So this is when the earth is between the sun and the moon. And so the sun is illuminating the moon and we can see that face of the moon. And then when we orbit around, when we get back to the new moon, we are on the outside and the moon is between us and the sun. And so we're looking at the dark side of the moon. The moon actually faces the same way continuously it's just us that changes in relation to it so that's kind of cool that's just science <laughs> that's really cool <laughs> so one of our goals with this is at the new moon to offer practices to people and then at the full moon check in and see where they are blooming right the new moon is when you plant seeds right that's when you put stuff into the dark soil and then the full moon is the essence of it blooming and coming to fruition and so the topic that we chose was thoughts becoming things. And so I'm going to hand it over to my buddy Kalpesh. You know, we, we floated and, you know, uh, gave out the, the information about what he would be focusing on because he was moving. And that actually literally just happened in the past couple of days, right? I mean, that was, it was an intense period. And we always talk about how the energy is leading up to full moons and new moons can be quite intense. But when you add in moving day, 
and you have a ton of things that you didn't realize you had and there's other challenges that come in there it really does amplify all those emotions and prior to this podcast kicking off uh nicholas uh, and i spoke about that so it's it's good to be real with you guys who are listening as well and like like we said my manifestation on the back of the last pod- podcast was to uh, move into a place that I really wanted to move into rather than settling for second best. And it came through and I was super happy. And it was it was about tr- truly trusting and believing the process as well. Whenever we do manifest, we have to really do it with emotion and belief. And when we do this, we'll be surprised how much actually comes through, uh, regardless of the challenge that are going to be there. It's never going to be plain sailing, but we have to. It's part. It's part of that faith, that blind faith we have to go with. And when it happens, that's when we really reap the rewards. And yeah, that was my that was my main manifestation two weeks ago. And what was yours? Yeah, well, I really love what you said. Um, you you just said a phrase that I think is really um, apropos for what we're talking about. And you said blind faith. And, uh, you know, one of the things when you're working with manifestation practices, which aren't necessarily anything specific, right? It's our connection to our dreams and it's our connections to the things we want to see come into the world. But that blind faith where we just know it's going to happen and we can, with faith, let it go and not look at it, right? Uh, what's that adage? Uh, a watch pot never, never boils. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody else has ever experienced it, but like, I know it's coming. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> um, I can hear y'all in the audience chuckling because you know exactly what I'm talking about. I get impatient and I am a kuffa and I am steady and I am strong and I'm stable, but I also have a rajasic pitta side that comes out and I'm like, come on, let's do it now. And you might be able to hear me slamming my fists on the table. That's how aggressive, but I get about it. So speaking of that, um, I had, um, you know, given a spoiler alert that I am working on opening my own yoga studio here in Greensboro. And so Mm -hmm. I've submitted paperwork. And so I was focusing on seeing it come into manifestation the way I thought. And honestly, I had some plot twists and (laughs) it got a little, it got a little uh, interesting, but I, but I sat back and I listened to the signs that were coming to me. I had conversations with people that were completely unrelated to the, the situation who have insights that I found very helpful. And uh, in fact, stuff that I had thought about and pictured as potential options for the space actually came back to me, not through the, the commercial real estate agent that I was working with, but the people mm-hmm. who own the building. And it turned out the people in the the, the owners of the building and I were on the same page. So it was really this interesting experience where I was like, I said that already. Why? <laughs> and then I'm like, am I making this up? Like, what is going on here? So I, I wasn't super clear. And I, one of the things that I experienced, and this is, you know, to help people get better in this practice is I'm a little bit scattered. I'll, I'll think about it one way and then I'll think about it another. And sometimes the hodgepodge mm-hmm. that does manifest, I'm like, yeah, I thought about that. Yep. I thought about that. I didn't get super clear. I didn't imagine it with such clarity that it couldn't yeah. be anything else, right? <laughs> so my my unclear <laughs> tends to be what comes into uh, into reality. Yeah. 
But remember, uh, I want to remind our viewers that, you know, one of our goals here is to speak to everybody. And so that particular practice that uh, Kalpesh and I did was for people who have really been into, you know, practice or sadhana or whatever you want to call it, as far as spirituality or things that they do regularly to, uh, to feed themselves. And for more of the novice, and I hate using the word novice, right? Novice is just a way of us saying that you're newer to the fold, right? And sometimes I use the word season for people who've been around for a while. And for our newer people, we were just talking about doing gratitude or, you know, picking something good affirmations wise to repeat to yourself regularly for that time period. And so I'm going to have two feedback things at the end of the podcast, one of which is what do you want to hear from us? And then the other one's going to be, you know, what did you choose to practice for the two weeks? And then what has happened, right? Yeah. And it never ceases to amaze me the stories that I hear about things like this working. It's so simple. And then it happens and we're like, uh, why do I complicate things? Sorry, I haven't yeah. talked for a long time. <laughs> yeah. The beauty the beauty is in the simplicity though of these things that we do. We put the order into the universe or whatever you want to call it, and we manifest whatever we want, but we have to stick to that. We can't diverge off onto another path, otherwise it'll take us further away from that manifestation actually happening. So that's mm -hmm. why it takes a lot of faith and belief to actually stick to that one path of trusting for that what you asked to manifest. So that's why you really have to speak to it and trust. And we would definitely appreciate for our, our listeners to actually send in their uh what, what they ask for and that will make things uh, uh very interesting especially for other listeners who are kind of not so i'd say slightly skeptical about things happening but remember this this ayurveda digestive post podcast is not only about education but actually making us realize that we have the power within ourselves as well to lead better lives and lead more fulfilling lives and healthy and more vibrant lives as well. So this is all part and parcel of creating the life we want to live. Right. It's like a roadmap, right? Or uh, a C map or anything like that. If you don't know where you're going, how are you supposed to get there? Yes. Right? So if we start utilizing tools like focusing on what we want or where we want to see our life, you know, in the future, then we almost get magnetized to it versus being very diffuse and, you know, unconsolidated. I don't, again, my life has felt very <laughs> scattered <laughs> and crazy, but it, it was a reflection of not knowing what I wanted. And, um, you know, that's what's going to lead us into this next part about talking about why thoughts becoming things is important to Ayurveda, right? Mm -hmm. um, so one of the things is, is one of the experiences that you may have had when you set up this process or this practice is how you felt in relation to either that affirmation or how you felt in relation to picturing that future. Did you feel worthy of it? Did you feel far away from it what what experience did you have in your body about it i mean if i'm being honest i have um doubts and fears that things won't come to pass in a way that is beneficial or the way i thought it would or what if i don't get it exactly right in my head and then it turns out into a quote unquote shit show sorry for the <laughs> language <laughs> please <laughs> <laughs> because I wasn't clear enough about what I wanted. 
you know, and these are things in my head. And so, you know, as we move into the next two weeks that take us back to the full moon, try to notice these emotions and these feelings that come up in relation to these desires, because it'll tell you how close you are either to the mark or how far away from the mark you are, because, you know, there's some maybe even unconscious belief that holds you apart from that. Um, and, and you used an awesome word, magnetize, earlier. We want to magnetize ourselves to those ideas that we really want in our life as well. And what you, what you touched on in terms of those emotions coming up and feeling tension in our body and where we feel that tension, those are all kind of learned behaviors and feelings that we've gone through our, our life where people may have said to us or situations may have arose where it created a lot of self-doubt and we felt we weren't worthy of actually receiving those good things in our life because somebody would have said no you're not worthy of that or why should you deserve that and it's important to sit with where you feel that emotion for example people say they get butterflies in their stomach now if you want to be really specific try and notice whether you feel those those feelings below the belly button or above the belly button and that'll actually open up a whole new window in terms of okay why am i feeling it there is it more due to the to, to more due to the solar plexus chakra which is to do with our identity our direction in life is that where there's some blockage or is it the organs in those areas which are holding on to tension or is it below the belly button which is to do with our relationships our sexuality and what have we gone through historically that's actually creating the reimagination and kind of ignition of those feelings in those areas and centers again so that's why the more we sit with ourselves and that's why solitude is actually a real blessing because we can really sit with ourselves and start to understand what our body's trying to tell us our organs are all, our organs send us messages our chakras our energy reservoirs they're always sending us messages and we think it's just part of how we're wired but actually it's much deeper than that we're not, none of us are hardwired we can always change who we are but it requires a lot of attention to these emotions that are actually occurring as well so that's why it's very very important to actually even even five minutes a day spend some time in solitude and reconnect with your body and your mind and understand what's happening absolutely and i and i you inspired a thought in me and it came from you know sometimes it wasn't even somebody telling you you couldn't have it it could have just been things when we're children we're like sponges and we absorb everything that's coming in and we have made connections based on the circumstances happening around us about the world that may not actually be true about the world or even true about us as people um, but due to the way life happened at that time that's how it was received and so you know one of the challenges is getting quiet solitude is a great way to get quiet but also slowing down right I, yes. I I like to use the um, metaphor or the analogy when you're riding in the car and you look out at the trees and you're going at 60 miles an hour, you can't really see the individual trees. You just kind of see everything going by. You know, it's the Excellent. same thing with the experiences in your life. How can you identify what an emotion is if you're having 50 emotions at one time? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm pretty guilty about <laughs> that one. <laughs> Maybe 25 in the last 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like recording a podcast, you know, I was, <laughs> you know, I'm a fake it till you make it guy and I don't have a problem BSing my way through stuff. Like I get paid to teach group fitness classes and I have to perform for 60 minutes. 
but that doesn't mean I'm any less stressed or any less ha- have any less butterflies about it because yeah. you know I can do it but it doesn't mean that you know I always feel the most concrete and collected when I do it mm-hmm. so you know we know that thoughts become things just on a physical level just to reiterate because we have an emotion in our body we think yes. and we have an emotion about it our bodies react to our thoughts we send a thought and our bodies can do things right mm-hmm. <laughs> i always sit here and i make motions at the screen and i'm like it's a podcast nicholas it's a podcast well it's on the youtube videos that's when the comments are really start falling in <laughs> yes that's when the magic <laughs> will happen is when we make a youtube video so we already know that thoughts become things and if our thoughts are influencing the way we interact with the world, how could it not cause us to manifest things? Like, like the question is, how could it not? Like, really? Like, let that sink in for a minute. If your thoughts influence what your body does in any given moment, how could your thoughts about what you want in life not influence what manifests in your life? Yes. And just like anything, those thoughts carry a certain frequency. And our body also vibrates in a very specific frequency when it's in good health and when it's not in such a good health and everything in between that. And this is why the therapies we're going to speak about is whether it's marama therapy, which is the energy energy point course, whether it's crystal therapy, light therapy, these therapies all create all carry their own specific vibration, which are there to actually improve our health in a very specific way and improve the vibration and the frequency of our of our very being it's like when you walk into a room and you just naturally feel magnetized again to certain people or certain situations and you want to stay away from others because we don't we're not on the same frequency as those people that we want to kind of stay away from it's like what is what why is that happening It's because of an unseen it's an unseen force but it's something that's very real and can be felt and it all goes hand in hand. Some of the strongest things that we have around us are actually the things that we feel more than what we see. And mm-hmm. that's why it's vitally important to connect and feel more in a society where we're actually not feeling as much and we're just kind of going along. So true. Gosh, you uh, put a lot into a little bit of statement right there. And I, I really like it. So specifically, <laughs> you know, what I want to, talk about is you know so we have a thought and then it becomes the thing of an emotion within our body but then we're so busy that we just either stuff it down or we compartmentalize it and we set it aside but where does it go Mm -hmm. if it's an energy and it's a real thing and we know it is because we feel it nobody can deny that there's a feeling happening in their body they may be unconscious and or they may be ignoring their feelings, but things are happening in our bodies all day long. And we're aware of it at some degree, some level. We may not be consciously aware of it, but we're aware of it. Correct. So what happens to unexpressed emotions? Well, if you pour water into a bucket and you don't drain the bucket, it just sits there, right? Stagnates. So- right? It can start to stagnate, right? If it doesn't have fresh water, if it doesn't have old water leaving, if it doesn't have a flow to it or a release to it, it can turn into this putrid, gross substance. And that's actually what Ayurveda tells us what happens, right? So there's different terminology for what you want to call it, but there's this word that's in opposition to Agni. Do you want to tell us what it is, Kalpesh? Yeah, 
Armor. AMA. Yep. Armor. <laughs> and we'll get more in, we'll get more uh technical in the future about the vocabulary because some uh vowels have longer sounds than others and so you may have gone to a yoga class and somebody may have told you the name of something and it might not actually be pronounced correctly spoiler <laughs> alert <laughs> so we got long a and short a so ama and ama is this undigested or poorly digested metabolic waste. But remember, metabolism isn't necessarily just on a physical level. There's an energetic level as well, right? So our emotions are a metabolic byproduct of consciousness. <laughs> yes. And so sometimes when we don't express things and we're not healthily or healthfully releasing them, they just sit there and they stagnate. Um, Dr. Lod, and I, I will I'm going to reference Dr. Lod a lot, and it's not because I don't respect other people, but Dr. Lod was my first teacher of Ayurveda. And so because he was my first teacher of Ayurveda, a lot of what I know is from him, but he mostly quotes from the, the three great texts, the uh, Charaka Samhita, the Shushruta Samhita, and the Ashtanga Hridayam. And so a lot of my references will be from him and from those texts. But he says that it crystallizes in our body and it's the root of all disease. And so um, another way of thinking about it, um, especially based on different um, uh, chants that we did in class, um, uh, shlokas, that's what I was looking for, the word, um, is the root of disease is attachment. And so our attachment to a way of thinking about things or our attachment to the way of believing about things causes us to have emotions and those emotions unexpressed collect in the body and it causes disease. Yes. So. And those channel, they, 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 those channels of energy, which actually get blocked up and actually where the energy becomes stagnant, the, at the end of those channels are these marama points and it's these marama points which actually get blocked up and crystallize and gather in that one specific area, for example, one of the one of the marama points that we have on our face is just just below the bottom lip, which is to do with worry. So when you see a lot of people who's who've got that kind of upside down smile on their on their lower chin, that specific point is actually to do with worry. So if you see somebody that's sad, you'll normally see that shape take place. Or if they're crying and they're very upset, that emotion of worry is actually stagnating in that area. And as they go through life, if it's if that worry is still there it's, and it's underlying, that kind of crevice underneath the bottom lip will get deeper and deeper. And that's that that murmur point, that energy point, those channels in that area which are actually so used to holding on to worry, it becomes crystallized. And until we let go, either through physical application of pressure or conscious attention diverted in that area to actually wanting to let go, it'll keep stagnating and stagnating to then spread through their areas. And that those energy channels are all interconnected throughout the bodies. Those channels are called nadis, N-A-D-I-S. And when these, these nadis, there's 72,000 of them from what the texts say. And when they get blocked, that's what causes ill health and disease. And that's something we want to be very, very wary of. And we're very blessed with Ayurveda because there are many, many different ways to assess um, how armor and how our bodies are reacting to a buildup of these problems. For example, tongue diagnosis, you can observe a tongue 
and you can visibly see how the the organs can actually be mapped onto a tongue and where the armor is actually building right right and yeah it's diagnosis as well go go I'm going to interject just for a second. I didn't mean to cut you off, but at parties can blow people's minds by reading their tongue and tell them things about themselves that they don't tell other people. And I'm like, oh yeah, I see this on your tongue. And they're like, how do you know that? What? <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Like this one person stuck their tongue out of me and I was like, oh, you have scoliosis. And they're like, how do you know that? And I was like, what's on your tongue? I can see it. And they're like, no way. And I was like, yeah, and it's on the left side of your body and it's and it's in this area. And they're like, you know, they're giving me a quizzical look and they're like, did this guy stare at me when I had my, you know, like when I was changing, like, did I miss something? They're, you know, they're like checking their clothes to see if they have a, you know, a, a spaghetti strap or something that I could see their spine. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, and it's, and not only is it accurate, it's often detailed and specific yes. and there's a there's a lot of stuff in this art that you know I can't wait to share with people. So anyway, I'm sorry to 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 you know. You don't have that great story, <laughs> right? It's crazy, but yeah, we're talking about the different parikshas, right? The the darshans, the things that we look at. And again, I'm going to drop terminology. I'll translate it at various points, but not always. So go ahead, Kapesh. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's that's the thing with the tongue. We don't often look at it as a way to diagnose our health. However, if most of us actually look at our tongues in the mirrors, you'll see that there's usually some sort of coating on there, which gives us all the answers in terms of what's going on with our body. Mm -hmm. So when we do delve deeper into tongue diagnosis and what it's about, we'll see that. But also when we look at people's faces those lines that people have on their faces between the eyebrows either side of the eyes the smile okay. lines they all carry a certain message yeah there's that skepticism there's the worry is when people talk and they kind of lift their eyebrows up you see that a lot in the western world we don't really see it in the eastern world everybody's chilled um but it's all these carry a certain message in terms of why we're doing it and it's also it's about tapping into what we're actually doing the awareness that our body carries and it all ties in beautifully together in this one system. Yeah, and I think that's a great time to reiterate that we are not medical doctors and that depending on what country you're listening to this in, as well as you know, local you know, rules by the federal government or whatever, you know, this, does not uh, this is not to supplement or to replace any kind of medical care medical treatment, medical diagnosis. So in the US, I can't technically diagnose you based on your tongue. I cannot use that terminology. So just- Have you ever done that to a, to a passerby? Hey, show me your tongue. Have you ever done that? <laughs> Say what? Stick your tongue. <laughs> have you ever done that to a random person? Oh, your tongue's pretty good. You're good. Yeah, <laughs> I have, I have uh, poor digestion. So you can see teeth indentations on the side of my tongue. And that means that I have poor, uh, poor. Uh, back on your tongue. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> and you can, and you can actually see I have these cracks in my tongue around the neck area, as far as if 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 the midline was a spine. So there's a lot going on there. But yours looks very clean. Uh, I scraped. Yeah, scraping the tongue. So if I can offer anything, 
if you're new to Ayurveda and or you know you're you're not sure where to start, scraping your tongue in the morning is one of the best things. And you don't have to buy a fancy tongue scraper, although those are nice. A spoon works too, and you just scrape and you'd be shocked. So most foul breath, not all of it, but most foul breath has to do with this buildup of ama and gunk on your tongue. So scraping yeah. your tongue can improve dental health a lot very quickly. So do that quick friend quick tip. Well, the, the thing the thing we have here is uh in in the uk i'm not so sure if it's in the us but they created a brush where on one side it's a normal bristles but on the other side it's the one that you actually brush your tongue but don't brush your tongue just scrape it just scrape it otherwise you just massage more of those toxins around the tongue and it'll just stay there yeah that's a good point dr lod says specifically don't brush your tongue because that could just push the toxins back into your body or lodge them in a place that they aren't easily scraped off. So don't brush, scrape, and then get rid of it. Wash it down the sink or whatever. I'm, I got to admit, I am sometimes like, oh, wow, that was really hiding back there on my tongue. <laughs> but my breath is so much fresher these days. Just saying. Anyway, so, you know, to, to riff on what Kalpesh was saying is, you know, there's srotamsi, there's datus, there's all of these things in our body that tell a story about the emotions that we're carrying. Different organs and different systems are affected by various emotions. And you can feel it in your body when you have these emotions. And one of the cool things about Ayurveda is it recognizes it and it knows that sometimes you could just pull on your earlobe and that can relax you enough to let go of worry and stress that you have. And it doesn't require taking Xanax. Not saying that you should take a medically prescribed barbiturate if that's what your doctor suggests for stress. Mm -hmm. So again, not a medical doctor, but you know, in my opinion, if there's something simple like rubbing your temples or pushing on the Hanu Marma that can cause mm -hmm. a physiological change that is beneficial, that might alleviate the need for any chemicals to go into the body. I don't know about you, but I would choose to do that. <laughs> Correct. And the one between the eyebrows where you, you it's directly the tough to calm down. If you're feeling worry or anxiety, just apply pressure with your thumb in between the eyebrows and stay there. And just stay there for a couple of minutes. What are you yes. going to lose out on? Just try it. Exactly. Don't do it while you're driving. But when you're sitting down, it's absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. And let's, you know, really talk about that intuitively we touch points on our body when we're stressed when we're having feelings when we're having emotions that we might even do unconsciously that our body in its infinite wisdom is trying to alleviate blockages and uh stagnation in our system and we don't even know it like i mean when people have headaches they tend to touch their temples and rub them in a circular motion which is actually yeah. a arma point treatment Correct. And the one between the on the bridge of the nose when people, especially those who wear glasses and they pinch the bridge of the nose and apply that pressure, it's a marma point. It's actually there. It's mapped on our body, but we do it in a certain way, just subconsciously without really knowing. Exactly. And so that kind of rounds us out to one of the last topics we wanted to talk about. We already kind of teased it, but you know, there's a lot of different modalities out there, and we're not saying that Ayurveda is the best. Ayurveda is just the one that he and I are both drawn to. Kalpesh, especially being raised in an Indian household, was exposed to it in ways that uh, was very, you know, 
it it was a part yeah. of how they grew up it, there, there wasn't it wasn't this separate thing whereas in my life it's something that i've integrated but it's something that i intuitively understood as being helpful without actually having the words for it and it was like i finally found the secret to life because i was like oh that's how i think about life already and so i found this system that basically put into words what i had discovered about life as i lived it but there's so many different modalities out there including traditional Chinese medicine, yes. um, acupuncture, acupressure, you know, there's, there's a lot of things out there. I mean, crystal therapy, you know, like even crystal Reiki, you know, yeah. crystal therapy was something that they did in Ayurveda thousands and thousands of years ago. And so there's some of these modalities that are out there that are just like little pieces of Ayurveda that were taken and, and, and utilized. But it doesn't, yeah. Ayurveda specifically doesn't see anything as a one-stop solution. They see it as a village to, to be taken um, together to help facilitate the change that's desired in the body. Correct. And there's always been, I remember historically, when I used to have the conversation with people about crystals, what we have to remember is everything, every single thing around us carries a certain vibration, whether it's a stone on the floor or whether it's the door in our house, whether it's, whether it's our shoe, it's a certain material which carries a certain frequency. Now, crystals also have their own frequency. It's a rock, correct, but it also has a certain frequency. And it's got a higher vibration, which is why it's used as part of therapies to actually improve our health. And it's, it's, it's a very powerful, and very specialized tool to use. And it's been there, like Nick said, it's been there for thousands of years. And it's, it's gonna be very helpful for most people. Absolutely. So um, as we bring our podcast episode to a close, um, our suggestion to you is keep with the thoughts becoming things, whatever practice you chose, try to keep doing that. Or if you wanna try something else or refine it, please do that. But remember, at the end of the episode, we're going to have a question for feedback so you can let us know what you chose and what's showing up in your life afterwards. Because we want to know what's going on in your lives. You guys are so important to us because we wouldn't have anything to talk about if there wasn't anybody to listen to it. So there it is. <laughs> now, um, what we wanted to close with, um, you know, as a reminder, a new episode will be out on August 16th, as well as August 30th, which makes it a blue moon. So it's going to be a special episode yeah. because once in a blue moon, we'll, we'll talk more about that when we get there. But Ayurveda has so many different things that you can do on a full moon that are very beneficial as long as it's not an eclipse. So an inauspicious time, um, not a good time is when the earth blocks the light from the sun on the moon. So um, just to stay and honor Ayurveda and what they practice, you don't wanna be out during an eclipse. But as far as full moons, full moons are great. Like, you know, you, how you go out and sunbathe, there is a practice of moon bathing, which can be really cooling and help you chill out in the system. I personally experience a lot of higher energy during the full moon. And, you know, we talked about things carrying vibration. What I think about is the sun being a highly volatile energy, bouncing off the moon and then coming down to the earth. And then we're absorbing those high energy vibrations from the rock being mm -hmm. by the sunshine so but um earlier i mentioned soma soma is this substance that is related to 
um, Kuffa related to Ogis related to, it's like a cosmic version of these ideas. And if you don't know what those are, don't worry about it. We will get into detail as we go along. But sure. Soma is supposed to be what precipitates during full moons on tissues, on surfaces, on things. And so even in witchcraft, I know that there's a practice of putting stuff out under the moonlight, including water. I have moon water and I use that for different rituals that I have. And according to Ayurveda, Soma is infused in that. And Soma is Amrita. Do you know what Amrita is? Nectar. Nectar of life. Um, allegedly, it is the, you know, the, it, the elixir of immortality, Amrita. But um, there's lots of things that are referred to as Amrita in uh, Indian culture. So my friends, you know, we're not trying to say it's one way. There's plenty of ways to interpret all of this stuff. But other things you can do during the moon, you can charge your crystals. You can go moon bathe. You can, there's so many different things you can do. But just think about it as being a cooling and chilling. It's going to bring that nervous system down, but it's also going to be restorative. Do you have anything right. else to add? Especially those who are more pitta, more fire dominant, and you're feeling that, especially those in the city, working in the city and highly stressful jobs. If you're listening to this, just go sit and moon bathe for a bit. Just close your eyes and just feel what it's about. And just stay with the feeling. And you'll see once you come out of it, even if it's for a few minutes, you'll feel something. Try not to put any words in it, but just feel and just take it on. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason why it's so captivating. Like, I, I mean... I think about the times when I'm all up in my head and I walk by the moon and I'm like, oh, there's a full moon. And then I like completely negate it. And I'm like, it's this beautiful thing up in the sky, putting on a show for me. And then I'm too busy in my life to, to appreciate it. I mean, I think that's uh, Western culture in a nutshell. <laughs> Can't be bothered with the beautiful things in life trying to show me how beautiful it is. <laughs> uh, so, um, that i think we're going to bring it to a close is there anything else you want to add sir no it's beautiful i mean i like we, I mean, nick and i were speaking before the podcast and i was feeling a bit overwhelmed with everything that was happening in my life in the last kind of 48 to 72 hours but once we kind of got into the groove of today it started to feel much better because we're speaking about something that's really dear to us very close to us and we're very close as, as friends as well like brothers so once once we're into the groove, I mean, it helped it helped me a lot today as well. Just just speaking about something that's of a similar interest. So it's great being here, and I'm I'm super pumped for what we have coming up in the future together as well. So it's awesome. Yeah. No, we uh we had an outtake and we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we started over. So. Our but we were recording our like blurb for the beginning of the podcast because we're new to podcasting. So we're learning and we're playing and whatnot. Our goal is to do this all in one take. And so this is take number two, but it was all one take. So ta-da. <laughs> um, anyway, we're keeping it real and that's what we want, right? Ayurveda Digested is about keeping it real so that you guys can take worthwhile tidbits from what we're talking about in ways that are relatable but also applicable to your life and so with that um the sanskrit word for thank you is danyavadaha so danyavadaha my our viewers and listeners <laughs> we appreciate you deeply and uh let's break it down we'll see you next time bye-bye